1: Coffee and hardcore, coffee and hardcore, coffee and hardcore, We got the we got the we got the we got
2: the we got the gold, you the bottom. If like the back, you better come Coffee hardcore,
3: coffee What's up, coffee and hardcore listeners? This is Wiley Willis and my trusty co-host. Mick Cox. <laughs> much, much, there's a little bit of lag between <laughs> <the> Chicago and <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, Coffee and Hardcore. That was a theme song for our podcast by Battle Royale from uh, here in Chicago. And uh, I got a hold of those guys. I got a hold of uh, the guitar player, Jim. I think it's Slattery or Slatery, man. I don't know. I'm butchering that name. You do I, I'm going to go, go with Slatery because I know that's not it, but that sounds that sounds awesome. It
2: actually sounds so, like Slayer, so that makes Slayer. it tougher.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they were so kind. I Actually, we're reviewing their newest album, On oh, Hardcore Corn yeah. Coffee, and I actually got tapes made. They're one of the people we got tapes made for um the 25 tapes for those bands and okay so i know we talked about this stuff we'll we'll uh we'll lay this all out on the table here so mick and i already did this podcast once
2: <laughs> yes, like we
3: tried. uh well, yeah was it three weeks ago yes
2: about three, three weeks okay yes.
3: about three weeks ago so we interviewed marshall who's gonna be our guest who uh later on in the show here who is uh, adopting him and his wife and his family are adopting, and so they actually um, are having what, what they did like a, a coffee thing to raise money for the adoption. Correct? So yes. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. So, is our interview for that coffee in that section still? Yes, it is. Okay, perfect. So then we, we talk about
2: we talk about the coffee that they're um, fundraising for their adoption. So.
3: Correct. Yes. So a little of this so stick with me. This is our first one. And since we have to redo it, I don't know what we talked about we're keeping and what we didn't, <laughs> but basically I had to buy a new headset, a new microphone. Uh, cause my headset wasn't cutting it. Uh, Mick sent me, the, you know, the, the tracks of the podcast and I was listening back in Marshall, the guest, sounded about 20 times better than I did. And I was like, Ooh, if I'm going to be uh, a co-host, I better uh, drop some money on this and do it the right way. So. <laughs> so I think we did that. You and I bantered back and forth and yes. we, even did a te- we even did a test. So,
2: And it sounds good. So,
3: Yeah, it's hopefully. Be awesome. I'm ha- I was having some problems with the P's and the B's, but I bought a little, I went on eBay and bought a little foam covering for my microphone. So I think we're okay.
2: Like you're legit. Like you have the whole setup now.
3: I'm legit. I'm a podcaster, thanks you are. to you.
2: I think you're, I th- <laughs> I, you might be a little more legit than I am. So. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. You actually have... A, oh, by the way, listeners, Mick has a podcast. What? Tell us about your podcast.
2: Uh, I have... I, I've got one other podcast called the Bearded Hope Podcast. And basically, that's just me with either by myself or a guest. And we just talk about hope in the real world. Um, no matter where anybody comes from, uh, what phase of life, where they're at, um, how they see things spiritually, what we really want to just talk about is just hope, hope in the real world. And I think we need that like crazy right now. So, uh, we talk to other folks and then my wife and I are actually working on another podcast. This is kind of cool. Um, called the dwelling. I've
3: been, I've been seeing that online that you have videos.
2: Yep. yep. Yeah. And it, and it's just us kind of talking about real life in the real world um with family and interacting with folks and just not that we aren't already extremely laid back but it's like really laid back just hanging out sometimes yeah on your couch right yeah on the couch or outside on the deck whatever but just really just hanging out and talking about life and marriage and kids and the heart and hope and all kinds of stuff like that too so it's it's just a good fun time
3: so you're technically doing three podcasts
2: Oh uh, yeah, and if you, but if you count um your church. Yeah, that makes that would make four.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so how in the world did I ever talk you into doing a fourth podcast? Cuz this is your newest one. It is. Well, it's because
2: we're talking about two of my favorite subjects, coffee and hardcore.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got them. <laughs> That's it. But I remember when I called you, I was like, "Man, cuz Mick and I we met uh, man, we how did we meet we met at a show right in michigan
2: yeah well we see that's i was trying to think about that because somehow you and i started talking through facebook and i think it was because of dave from zap i think that's how yes things connected and then um oh yeah
3: how did how did that work i'm really honest I, i don't know like did you reach out to me about getting on the label or did i suggest you be on the label
2: I think you reached out to us. I think you mm-hmm. – that's right. You introduced us to Dave because yeah. Zap was getting ready to do a comp.
3: Yeah, and, and I, then, I, I loved your band at the time. You're not – in that band is not around anymore, correct? It is incog. What, what would
2: be the right word to use? There's only two of us left. So. <laughs> you – you and eric yeah and vocals yeah bass and vocals that's all we've got left um we've got a couple guys that want to do stuff but um but it
3: wouldn't be it wouldn't be to live as sons correct
2: no it it, it might sound somewhat the same but uh i don't know it's just kind of in the uh it's just out there ready to be picked up whenever it can be
3: <laughs> so so your band to live As sons what it's it's you and eric and for the listeners who don't know you and eric you were the original bass player eric was the original singer of, am i correct yes of Z- of zeo yes yep. the the ultimate famous 90s <laughs> christian hardcore kid band zeo Yes, those guys. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Zayo was my go-to. That I I love Zayo. Um, so that was amazing when I found out that you were the Mick Cox of Zayo. <laughs> um, and to live his sons I really enjoyed it as well. And so yeah, so we became label mates. Yeah. And then I got asked to do some I think it was either 3 or 4. I think Brian, I think it was 3. I think we did I think it was three. I think we did the we did the Blamed reunion. I was asked to do the three Blame shows. Yep. Um, so I did the Blamed reunion at Audio Feed, where we did all of the albums, Frail. Yes. And then we did the show with you, with The His Sons and a bunch of other bands in Michigan in Grand Rapids. Yeah. What, what what was that place called? Takehold Fest. Takehold Fest. That's right. Yep. And then we also did a show in Milwaukee, I want to say, with um, Project 86.
2: And, well, I, would, I don't think I was there for that one, though.
3: No, no, you weren't there for oh, that one. You're
2: talking that, about for the blame. That's right, that's right. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. for the blame. That was an interesting show. I got to meet Andrew of Project 86. I interviewed him because, remember, I was planning on doing that documentary. I interviewed you and Eric as well. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah,
2: the spirit-filled kind of like hardcore –
3: yeah well it kind of was gonna it was it was gonna come out with like the new blamed album but then right. i ended up stepping stepping down before that album came out and i know i talked to i know we had this conversation because we recorded this podcast already but i i talked to uh our drummer of two minute minor zach um who's gonna edit it all and I, I still fingers crossed think there's going to be something in the works in the far future <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah, it's not it's not off the table, but if he hears this, it might stress him out. So it's gonna be in the it's gonna be in the far future because he's a new homeowner and so he's pretty stressed right now. Oh wow! Yeah, between mixing the new two minute minor records, we got two <laughs> we got two kind of working at the same time because of COVID. How what happened, you know? Right. It kind of sh- shut down production to the Michigan chapter, um, and then I'm working on the newest. What's your damage with him too? So. Um, that kind of is stressing him out because he's a new homeowner. But back to back to Mick Cox and Coughing Hardcore. (laughs) I'm going down some different avenues here. Sorry. Um so we met at Takehold Fest. I interviewed you guys. We shared the same stage together in that big uh basketball. Pretty much skate
2: ramp basketball, whatever that was.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The room where when you sang it like bounced off the wall and hit you back in the back of the head. Yes. Like that was interesting. (laughs) That was a little bit hard to do. Cause I was, I could hear myself in my monitor right away, but then I also heard myself like a second later.
2: (laughs) And you, and you, and you went three, I mean, you were in three bands that night, right? It was the blamed October bird of death and two minute minor, right? All three played that night or in the, at least
3: in two days. I don't know. Did two minute minor play? I've, I'm, maybe, I'm it sh- Octo- maybe it was just
2: October. Maybe it was just October.
3: Yeah, I think it was just the two. I think it was October and the blamed. Yeah. I That's think- right.
2: That, it, you're right because I'm thinking of the satire because the satire played too
3: Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, so that means uh, Sid did three shows. Oh, that wow. Night. <laughs> I knew yeah. somebody did three shows. Yeah, he played guitar and. In- satire okay. and octoberd and then he played bass in the blamed wow <laughs> i know so so that's how we basically met in person right. that's how we met each other was at that show you were in to live with sons and i was in six bands
2: yes <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that was that was a good time that was good meeting you i hope we can do it again too oh, yeah. i mean we've talked we've talked a lot since then i was even on your your uh bearded hope podcast yes
2: yeah last year it was a good time
3: yeah and i did the uh the logo for you
2: yes which is killer which i'm working on shirts for
3: that soon so oh yeah 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 they're killer so i appreciate that no problem i have a i have an outline here but we're talking (laughs) 90s basketball and nostalgia okay okay because everyone knows that 90s basketball goes with hardcore and coffee. Right? We all know that, right? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I've been going through, like, this has been going on for the last, like, five years. I'll be 40 in March, and I've been kind of, like, reminiscing on my, you know, nostalgia. And I went and, oh, man, this is so crazy. I went and bought this Toxic Crusader. Do you remember Toxic Crusaders? Yes, I do. The cartoon of the Toxic Avenger, basically? Yes, well, that was one of my favorite movies and cartoons when I was a kid. So I about six years ago now, maybe five years ago now, went out and bought, well, online, toxic, the uh, Toxie, you know, from Toxic Crusaders. Right. right. I bought the action figure. And I got it in this encasement in the original package. Dude, I dropped like I dropped like 350 bucks on it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And it's actually not funny. It's sad. But because I bought it and I opened it and I was like, yes. And I was so stoked to have it. But really, it's just been sitting by my record player with all my comic oh, books. Oh. Number one issue of Toxic Avenger and Judge Dredd and all these other comic books from my childhood. So I'm I'm definitely suffering from 90s nostalgia right now. Okay. So let me drop this story on you real quick. All right. And my lady doesn't know about this. We're getting married in October. We're getting married in October. And so we're trying to save money. So this is where the story comes in. And she will be finding out on this podcast. So oh maybe this. <laughs> oh so my. maybe maybe this is my way of like letting her know the backstory while asking for forgiveness.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna have so, to do counseling
3: like yeah, later on for this. Exactly. Hey, uh do you think you could do some marriage counseling for us? Remember when when my, my nineties nostalgia hit me pretty hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's uh, it's, financially it's burdening us. Um, no, but anyways, so when I was a kid, these came out like 92 or 93. I know you're a little bit older than I am. Uh, you're like five years older than I am, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't know if you are like into this stuff because what '90 too how old would I have been? I would have been like 12, something like that. Yeah,
2: I was I was a (laughs) I was a junior in high school.
3: So okay, yeah. I I think my junior (laughs) year would have been like 97 (laughs) something like that. Okay, so so I'm like 12 years old and these Reebok Shaquille O'Neal shack attack shoes come out. Oh my and I remember, I get, I got these basketball magazines. I was a huge basketball, baseball, football, hockey nut. Probably 91 to 2001. That was my whole life. And after 2001, I was just like, eh, man, done with sports. And now it's like coming back and hitting hitting me pretty hard, like all the nostalgia of it. And so, I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in you know a working class family. Um, so we didn't have a lot of money. Um, anytime I went school shopping, I guess I was lucky some, some kids, you know, couldn't even get new stuff They, you know, I guess Libby, my fiance, she, she got all hand-me-downs and thrift store stuff. So, but anyways, you know, I'd have a limit. My shoes could only be $50 and I could get like two or three shirts and a pair of pants. Okay. So that was like my school shopping for, for clothes each year, which that's pretty good. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah but these Shaquille O'Neal shoes came out and these things were like, I don't know, like 120, 130 bucks, you know? And to me that was like untouchable. Like I, I could, if I, I wouldn't even think about asking, you know, my grandparents or my parents or whatever for the, money. I was partially raised by my grandparents. So ask them for the money. Like that is just insane. Like, you know, the answer is nope. Go mow (laughs) some lawns, you know? Right. Right. Um, but I wanted these shoes so bad. And I remember mowing lawns, doing chores and doing all this stuff. And I ended up doing something really stupid. So I lost all the money. Um, I don't know if I want to tell, okay, I'll tell you. It's really bad though. (laughs) No, I'm I'm not going to say it. All right. You know what? I'll say I was 12 years old, so I was a bad kid. So I really wanted these shoes and this is a terrible story, and I feel so bad for doing it. But it's true, and it happens, so I might as well embrace it. Um, I wanted these shoes so bad. I was working for them, but instead of actually, you know, grinding down and and working for them, me and this other neighborhood kid, we broke into this rich kid's house who lived in the neighborhood, and his parents. He was kind of he was kind of a turd back then like <laughs> you could tell he was rich and he let you know and he always had like the newest basketball jerseys the newest like shoes he'd always have like a new basketball like a brand new like awesome basketball hat like just like all the stuff we wanted as kids but we couldn't afford or get you know
2: right.
3: and he always had like the authentic jerseys with the stitching and we had like those champion ones that were like ironed on do you remember those oh
2: yeah yeah Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: like like the ones for like fifty bucks. <laughs> he had like these ones that were like two hundred dollars, you know, like the stitch on stuff. And so and it like all these basketball cards and all this stuff. And so we actually broke into his house and the only thing I took was he had those Shaquille O'Neal shoes. And I took them. And this other kid that lived down the block. Actually, it was two other kids. they took like basketball cards and all this stuff blah 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 blah. Well, I remember I had him for like three days, and I felt so bad about it that I actually went and told him I said, "Hey, man, this is what we did and they called the cops on us oh <laughs> so the cops so the cops come I gave him back too, but I guess he was upset, which he has all right to be upset. You know, we shouldn't have done that. You know, we were 12, but we still should have known better. And so the cops come and I'm like, yeah, I gave the shoes back already. And they're like, okay, well, you're 12, so we can't do anything, but you know, hopefully your parents will ground you or do whatever they do. And sure enough, got the belt, you know, (laughs) um, all that fun stuff. So, Never got the shoes basically because, and my dad took my whole sports card collection and put it in this huge giant chest that he had and locked it up. Oh yeah. And I think he ended up giving those back to me. Oh gosh. Like two years after high school. Wow. Yeah. So from like 12, 13 to like 18, I didn't have any of my basketball cards (laughs) because I was a little shithead. (laughs) um so anyways you know i could have done you know could have buckled down raised the money and and the money that i had we ended up giving to uh the family um so they wouldn't press charges and i think i had like a hundred like 80 or 90 bucks saved and i think we ended up each i think we gave them like 300 out of all three of us or something like that and they didn't press charges and we didn't go to jail or anything because we're 12, you know. Right. Um, but I felt so bad, and I always wanted these shoes. And now no one feels bad for me. Now they're like, well, you don't deserve these shoes. <laughs> and um, I don't know,
2: man. I, that kind of, to me, it's almost like a, a cycle of redemption. Like you, you confessed and went back, and now all these years later, you know, lessons learned, life lived, and now boom. Yeah,
0: well, there's
3: a good story here. It was it was kind of eating me away. Like every time I saw, and I I wanted these shoes so bad. I made them like it was like my idol. Like I remember, I got this NBA magazine and it I don't know if you remember this, but showed the picture of the Shack shoes. He stepped on someone's face, and it looked like it looked like clay, and you could see the the imprint of the shoe, and it like. Listed what every imprint does on the, makes you jump higher, makes you, you know, (laughs) wear size 21 shoe, like Shaquille O'Neal. And, like, I just put those shoes on display, like, anytime I was in my room. But, you know, uh, when I left my room, I'd I'd hide them in my toy box because I didn't want my mom or dad being like, where'd you get those shoes, you know? And then, like, I remember I put them up on my dresser on that third day, and I was just, like, staring at them, I'm like, this is, no, this isn't right. And this isn't fun. Like I'm like sneaking and hiding these things and pulling them back out and putting them back in the toy box and pulling them back out. Like someone, you know what? He might have money and we don't have money, but they're not mine. They're his. And what we did was wrong, you know? So, right. yeah, but I was kind of a naughty little kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was bad at, I was bad. I was really bad at that when I was a kid. It stopped, When I was probably like 14 or 15, um, I realized, okay, I can get in like actual trouble now. Right. Like the older I get, I should probably chill out on this. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're a kid, you know, I didn't really get, I didn't get allowance or anything like that. I didn't get any money. So it's like, if my parents, if I asked for it and I didn't get it, like, okay, well, I'm going to get it. I want it. Right. (laughs) So I guess that's what I kind of did with these basketball shoes. So maybe I didn't learn a lesson here at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't really have the money for these, but I'm going to buy them anyways. So did <laughs> so you I- get them? I did. Uh, yeah, finally got them. And I got them in black. That's the color Ooh. I always wanted them in was black. But I stole them when I stole them, they were white. They were the white ones. I don't like white shoes. I never really liked white shoes, but... Shaq and Penny Hardaway were my favorite basketball players as a kid. And, um, Charles Barkley was another one, Carl Malone, the mailman. Um, I was never really into Michael Jordan. I didn't really like the bulls. I liked Dennis Rodman, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Joe Dumars and, uh, Bill, Bill Lambeer on the Pistons. Those were, they were my jam. I liked them a lot.
2: You liked all the bruisers is what you did.
3: Oh yeah. Even in <laughs> hockey I like the Bruisers. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um but so so basically yeah I got these shoes. So I bid on them on eBay and it was like this. I was bidding with like two three other people. And I was like, okay, if I lose this bid, I'm not going to bid anymore. Sure enough, lost the bid, up the bid. <laughs> so it kind of yeah, it kind of put me in a little bit of hurt and I feel bad, but I blame my nostalgia and I know I'm getting married soon and I know we're trying for a family. So it's now or never. Yeah. You did. <laughs> you got it.
2: You got it out of your system and it's done. Yeah,
3: That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I got to, I got to quit. I got to grow. I finally got to grow up now. Like I stopped, I stopped stealing when I was 15. That was a cycle of growing up. Now I got to stop spending money on stuff that doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> uh, the only, you know, you, you said nineties basketball and hardcore, um the only the only cross reference that I have there is that Zayo actually made nineties basketball Zayo jerseys. And oh we yeah. Went, we went and bought they had we had a store in town called Gabriel Brothers that mm-hmm. sold like jerseys and things that were not finished like they didn't have the team logos on them they were all champion jerseys but they didn't have the numbers yeah. or anything like that and so we bought them for like five bucks bought a ton of them and silk printed them ourselves and sold them like hotcakes.
3: i'm sure and yeah especially uh, in the 90s like yeah. that was big for hardcore
2: oh yeah especially on the east coast like the whole basketball jersey look was kind of real big on the east coast there for a while yeah
3: yeah for sure basketball shorts yep, yep. um I mean, yeah, in that way hardcore and basketball do intertwine, but I was just saying that so I could tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I bridged it together. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you glued the story together. I did. I did.
2: <laughs> All right, so now we have the one and only. He's a rad dad. He's a cool husband. He's the former singer and lead guitar player for the parent punk band, Parental Petulance. And now he's getting ready to step forward into his brand new adventure. Him and his family are looking to uh, adopt. And we wanted to sit down and talk to him for a little bit. The one and only Marshall Brown. And just a quick note. Wiley's mic acts up a little bit during this interview, but I think we got it fixed out, fixed pretty good, and uh, it sounds pretty good. So here we go, the one and only Marshall Brown. Marshall, what's up, brother?
0: Hey, guys. Yeah, just, just hanging out, looking forward to uh, joining in on this podcast.
3: Awesome. So, th- yeah, this is my first podcast ever hosting, so I guess let's just get into it you are looking to adopt correct
0: yes yeah that's uh it's been kind of a mission that's been on uh uh, our hearts for for quite some time now Uh, my my wife ashley and i um yeah we're we're doing it we're moving forward
3: so how how did that come about though uh because i know you have two you have two boys
0: yeah um so uh, uh ashley and i started dating back in 2006 and uh um, you know, our eyes having our, our eyes on getting married, and that was something that we talked about even way back then. That you know, there's just a real need in the in the world that we live in for uh, for kids in the the foster and adoption systems, and uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just it's something that we knew we wanted to do, and we just weren't sure when. So we got married in 2009, and uh, we we now have uh, two two sons, like you mentioned. Uh, they're they're five and seven years old, and uh, you know, things just kind of Things kind of lined up here recently uh, in the last six months or so, and just made it really apparent that this was the right season to, uh, to pursue adoption. So, so we did it. We're, uh, kind of, we got things set in motion got our, got our eyes set on that prize and we're moving forward with, uh, hopefully giving a, ho- a loving home to, uh, to a kid who needs one.
3: So you're doing a, uh, kind of a donation thing, raising money kind of thing through this coffee company.
0: Yeah talk talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um we were uh we were blessed to be given a uh, matching grant to uh, an organization called Life Song here in Gridley, Illinois. Um they agreed to match up to $10,000 in uh donations wow. that were that were made towards our uh, adoption fundraising. And uh we found out later that Life Song actually works with Gobina and uh so all all the sales um through our Gobina account, uh, the, uh, the the profits from that go to our Lifelong account and just continue to help build up that that matching grant. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. We're we're, we're pushing this uh, this coffee thing, hoping to raise some more funds to uh, to help us out with this adoption process.
3: And uh, Mick, I'm new at this. We'll put a link, right? People oh, who yeah. go support.
2: Totally, we'll put a link for. Uh for everything we'll we'll put up a link for the coffee we'll put up a link for the uh just to give directly into uh the the brown fund and uh and help out as much as we can get the word out
3: yeah because mick and i we went and bought some coffee because we wanted to do a little review on it um and support you of course i know i bought two bags i think mick bought two bags right yes i
2: was gonna say i got the espresso and the dark chocolate
3: I got the espresso for my lady, and I got the organic blend for myself, uh, medium roast. Nice. Whole bean, yeah. So I actually brought some with me because I knew I was coming from work because I worked at the roofing supply company today. I worked it on the weekends. So I actually uh, brought some and iced it. So I'm going to try it while we're talking in a little bit.
2: Nice. I've got a uh, but, cup of the espresso as well that I did as a pour over. And so far yeah, it's been, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so far it's been super smooth.
3: Now, Marshall, did you try this coffee yet?
2: I have not.
3: Oh, come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are you a coffee drinker, Marshall?
0: Man, I, yeah, I feel like I'm in the totally wrong place here. Cause I'm actually not a coffee guy. I'm more of a, I'm a, I'm a cream and sugar with just a couple drops of coffee and it kind of
3: guy. <laughs> Ooh, I like mine dark. I like medium roast, but I like it with nothing in
2: it. Yeah. Now, I, I, can, I can relate, Marshall, because I like, I like cream and sugar in mine. I actually probably like a little bit too much cream in mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, my wife got me hooked on coffee because I would never drink it. And then she kept pushing, and I, I finally tried it. And then I became a, a total coffee snob. So, Marshall, we're not going to hold it against you that you don't drink coffee. That's all right. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah,
3: um, sorry, we'll get better at at rambling probably, and not do as much <laughs> later on. <laughs> once I get better at this.
2: But Marshall, I wanted to ask you, like, um, what what sparked um this whole you know this whole thought process for you and your family to adopt? Like, what was it that actually sparked it for you? you were like, yeah, we, like, I heard, you kind of said that you guys have always thought about adopting even before getting married. So, so what was it like that just like yeah, we need to do this.
0: Yeah. So, so two things, uh, specifically, um, one, uh, we, we are a Christian family, so, uh, it's really prevalent throughout the, the Bible as we read it, that, uh, it's it's God's heart to, uh, you know, take care of the, you know, the least of these, the, the orphans, the widows and, and all that. So, um, you know, there was the, the, the leading in that direction, uh, first and foremost. And then second, like I said, just observing the world around us, man. I it, we were shocked as we started having conversations with people, just how deep the uh, um, the, the foster care system, the adoption system, just affects people. Uh, I mean, once once we put the word out that that was something that we were interested in pursuing, people just came out of the woodwork to let us know. You know, hey, I was adopted, or hey, I was a foster care kid, or you know, we had foster kids, and. Uh, it just it it amazed us how how deep the need really is. Um, as far as the this, the particular timing in our lives right now, uh, I actually uh, came out of um, the uh, industrial construction world. so when we had our our uh, two biological sons, um I was working like you know eighty hour weeks and I was never home, and I missed out on a whole lot of stuff with them uh, in their their newborn stage of life and uh, you know, my wife and I, you know, adoption was on our heart, but we didn't want to uh, bring a, a child, another kid into into that environment. So we were kind of waiting to see, uh, you know, where life was going to take us and how God was going to lead. And fortunately, um, you know, the career path changed and we're in a season of life right now where things are uh, significantly slower and easier. Um, you know, finances kind of lined up the right way. I've got a lot more time available and it just became abundantly clear that, you know, God let us into a season to uh, to really move forward with adopting, and we can give the time and attention that's really needed to make this thing happen, and you know, and, and hopefully uh, be a success story.
2: Wow, man, that's awesome. We we have some connections with some uh, families that um, are um, uh, they do the fostering care, and uh, our church actually sponsors one family uh, down the road. They've got like. Um, they live on a farm, and so they they 've opened it up and so they have like five or six foster kids and they 've actually adopted three of them i believe um, oh, awesome. and then uh, a family that we that that I actually work for some that owns a coffee shop and they go to the church they they um have uh, been a fostering and then eventually moved into adopting the kids that they 've been working with and Seeing where, you know, because you, when you're close, you kind of know the stories behind the scenes, like what you were talking about, like how many people have been affected by the foster care system and then adoption and things like that. You see, like, just this hopelessness that's there sometimes and uh, people with a heart that can just kind of jump in and, and help out and connect and help raise kids that that's beyond amazing.
0: Yeah, one, one thing that we learned uh, just so far along the way, too, is, uh, you know, something that we didn't go into this uh, being mindful of is, uh, you know, we're not just welcoming a child into our lives. We're hopefully welcoming um, a birth mom and potentially yeah. the, uh, the dad as well. So we're, we're really looking forward to the opportunity to, you know, bless the, the adults in the situation, too, and just be invested in their lives and, and hopefully, you know, lead them, lead them down a better path as well.
3: So if you adopt, you said you still want the biological parents in their life?
0: Yeah. So, um, the, depending on how you get matched, uh, or who you get matched with the, uh, the, the family who is, um, uh, adopting their, their, uh, their child out, they, they kind of, they make the decision on how much involvement that they want to have in the, in the kid's life going forward. And, uh, so we're we're really hoping. So far, it seems like uh, any of the opportunities that we've been uh, presented with, the the birth mom does have at least some interest in in remaining connected. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to that opportunity to to you know foster that connection and you know nourish that. So we're we're not just completely removing the kid from the biological uh, aspect of their uh, the relationship, but actually we're hoping to to, uh, you know encourage that to keep to keep that biological connection and so they don't lose that that part of their identity
2: Marshall I, I you know what's cool is I know I know from uh, just connecting with you guys on Facebook and in different ways uh, your guys's heart uh, for kids one uh, to the point that you have a parent punk band at one point which is so awesome yes. yeah <laughs> yeah talk about
3: that a little yeah bit. That's how I know you, right? We played a show with you with Grave Robber. Is that your church or was that just a church you guys kinda rented out? That was uh
0: that was like a local art center, uh, that oh, we rented out right. for, for the eight men. Yeah, and that was that was old school, man. That was before we even had uh, the other half of the band. We just we grabbed some kid I went to church with and said, Hey, can you play drums with us? <laughs> what
3: what year was that? Is that like three um, years ago, four years ago? <laughs>
0: oh it was no it was way longer than that
3: yeah it was five years
0: ago like five or six years ago yeah
3: yeah i think we were for i think october was just for starting so that sounds about right
0: yeah yeah, yeah so that that band um yeah we were we, we coined uh uh the term that we're a parent pump band and uh we just we wanted to create music that was fun and relatable but you know most importantly Super honest yeah yeah so, uh you know as you that's As parents know, uh, being parents, being part of a family is kind of a messy ordeal. It's not this, you know, always sunshine and rainbows kind of a thing. And we wanted to talk about that in a fun way, in a relatable way that would, uh, you know, make people laugh, uh, make people feel like they weren't alone in their frustrations, but just kind of laugh at themselves at the the stuff that our kids put us through. And, yeah, it it was a really good time. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and since we taught coffee and hardcore you don't drink coffee so i can't ask you that question but <laughs> what is your favorite go-to hardcore elbow
0: oh man it can that, be hardcore that, that,
3: punk that. it can be hardcore it can be christian hardcore it can be whatever you
0: want yeah that's super tough i'm actually i'm i'm much more of a metal guy than a than a hardcore guy but i do love hardcore no, too. this is this is uh, a
3: hardcore I podcast there, know, i know
0: i <laughs> know <laughs> um i so when i was in high school i I loved uh seven star um it's some of those older face down records uh bands Mm -hmm. so yeah i would probably i'm I'm drawing a blank on the the album name but the the first seven star full length would probably be my my go-to answer for that question
2: well i i was
3: you know what he's he's talking about
2: i know what he's talking (laughs) about i'm trying to remember the name of it and but it's hard for me to remember the name because i have a hilarious seventh star tour story <laughs> if you want to hear okay. it <laughs> yeah of course um uh back in the day before i was married and before um i uh let's see before i started full-time pastoring i was actually uh, living in a warehouse type building in parkersburg here where i live and uh like it was, no like um. Uh, my uncle owned the building, but I, he let me have the top floor of the warehouse so I could uh, kind of watch over the building because it's kind of in a bad part of town. Um, but I would have bands over all the time. They'd always call me and be like, hey, we're driving through West Virginia. Can we stay with you? And I was yeah. I was like, yeah, go ahead. And so I was good friends with the guys in A Love for Enemies, and they were on tour with Seven Star. And so they decided to come to my house. And uh, so we're sitting and watching um, the movie Mothman Prophecies which the Mothman is from West Virginia, if you don't know. And so they instantly start asking me questions. Where's this bridge at? Can we cross the bridge? How far away is it from here? And I'm like, well, the bridge doesn't exist anymore, but here's where the town is. And there's another bridge that's there. And they are like, we have to play a show in Huntington, West Virginia. We're going to stop by the bridge. So they leave to go to the show and they told me, we'll probably be back around one or two o'clock. Is that all right? I say, like, I don't care. Just go ahead and just uh, let me know when you get to the, to the apartment or to the warehouse. And so they take off and it's like two o'clock and they don't show up. It's three o'clock and they don't show up. It's four o'clock. It don't show up. And now it's like five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, where are these guys? They show up about five 30 and they all just worn out tired from one thing, but they totally drove for like three hours to find this bridge to drive across of it, drive across it. And they all swore that they saw Mothman. Um, but they totally went on all this- of them. All of them, yeah. They went on this crazy adventure to find Mothman crossing a bridge down in uh, Ravenswood, Ripley, West Virginia. Do you believe them? Of course not. I think they saw the statue (laughs) of Mothman downtown. That's that's in downtown Ravenswood. There's a statue of Mothman. (laughs) And so I think that that's what they saw. Um, But yeah, they were were going nuts. They were like, we can't believe it. We
3: crossed the bridge.
2: And, you know, I saw red eyes. It was, you know, it was nuts.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well... Marshall, thanks for being on. We appreciate. Yeah, guys, I appreciate it. This is awesome. The the very first guest of Coffee and Hardcore. (laughs) Welcome to our to our ramble session. We're learning. Happy to be the guinea pig. This is fun.
2: But Marshall, hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a little bit, man. Appreciate
3: it. Yeah, Yeah, thank
0: you guys.
2: Have have a good weekend. You too, man.
3: You too, man. Bye. Tell Ashley we said hi. I will. See
0: you guys. Okay. (laughs) Bye.
3: Coffee talk. We recently went and bought and supported the Gobina coffee for Marshall and Ashley's fundraiser. Um or adoption fundraiser. And I made mine cold chill style. And I got the medium roast. I like it. It's kind of got like a woody oaky <laughs> I'm pretending <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about. It's kinda hey. got like a woody. Oaky feel to it, uh, taste to it. No, it's good. I really like it cold. Actually, I had it hot this morning, yeah. and cold this afternoon. And I have to say, I think the flavors come out better when it's cold.
2: Nice. Well, you know, I tried the uh, dark. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say I tried the dark chocolate mocha cold. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it tasted better cold than it did hot. Um, now yeah. the express, the so we're espresso. An Yes yes, oh. but the espresso blend I really liked um, and you know it's just straight up with a little bit of a little bit of cream it was pretty good I mm-hmm. liked it and uh, you know normally when a, with espresso if you you know if you drink a lot of it you're kind of jittery a little afterwards sure. but this this kind of didn't have that jittery vibe to it after I drank it and yesterday I probably drank about three cups of it and I was doing good. <laughs>
3: so So there was no three cups huh yeah
2: yeah no jitters so um you know maybe some folks that think espresso needs to get you jittery wouldn't like it but for me it was a good it tasted smooth and uh not enough not not really a whole lot of jitters afterwards
3: did your wife try it
2: she did she liked the uh she liked the espresso better and she's the one that actually made she actually made the statement first about how you know normally when she drinks espresso she gets a little jittery after the first cup and and uh, she was okay so that's kind of what made me go you know what I drank a few cups and I'm fine too so yeah, yeah. She, she dug the espresso
3: I so bought the espresso for my lady and she uh, said she usually doesn't get into espresso because I guess usually and I didn't know this it's usually not a darker bean is that right. true? That's true. Okay. But she said this one was like when she poured it out, because she likes dark, dark, dark coffee. Yeah. And when she poured it out, she's like, Oh wow, yeah, this is really dark. This is gonna be good. She dug it.
2: Yeah. I think it's the go to the port. Yeah. I think it's the lighter the bean, the more the caffeine. So yeah, when yeah, the darker bean is gonna go to have that. less caffeine. So I'm I'm learning yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so definitely you know we'll put the links up for the uh uh for the fundraiser and also for the go bean where you can you can purchase coffee and help the browns out um there's some good stuff on it and there is a ton of different types of coffee there's a ton yeah of, tons, tons and tons of different items too like coffee mugs and and you got well, a coffee yeah, mug, i brought right?
3: mug i i did and it the unfortunately the coffee mugs do not go use for the browns but they do go to buying uh uh village um water clean water
2: okay well sweet
3: yeah so it's still for a good cause and they're handmade legit handmade and they're really nice mugs
2: now see now i'm wishing i would have got one (laughs) well you still can I know, I can go back and get more. They, and they do have, um, if, if you're looking to try something different, a different type of coffee maker, they do have a Chemex coffee maker on there, an eight-cup one I saw that. Uh, that you can get. So that'd be the pour-over type. So, yeah. yeah. All kinds of good stuff's cool. on here.
3: <laughs> so that brings us actually to Zayo Talk. That is next okay. on my list. And Zayo is releasing... Preface, that's how you say it, right? It's it's either that or preface.
2: I have no preface, idea. Preface, preface, preface. either one. Either well, one.
3: Well, either one. And, uh, well, here on Coffee and Hardcore, we got a copy of the vinyl oh, and the tape. And we are giving that away. Nice. Right? I, yes, sir. <laughs> I,
2: I, I actually hope that I get a
3: copy of all of it. I'm not. <laughs> right. I hope right. I do. No, well, I that's think- what, yeah you were. why what you played on it you're I on know. this record so I'm ta- just kidding talk okay. to everybody about this record and why it's a why it's so important and why uh why two minute minor kind of has a little bit to do with it okay does it, well, does that make sense to you yeah it totally does. okay cool
2: here's how how this whole album came about was um about it's been a couple of years ago, steadfast decided they wanted to re-release all else felt again on vinyl. And so when those stocks started going into the works, I started remembering that there was somewhere out there in the universe. There were two DAT tapes that had unreleased stuff on it that was never put out. So I just took a shot talking to Matt Traxler one day and I said, Hey Matt, do you have those DATs? And he said, yeah, man, you want them? It was that easy. And I went, yes
3: <laughs> so <laughs> of so, course
2: so he sent me the dats and i started looking at all the songs and there's like seven or eight songs that have never seen the light of day they're all songs that the first singer eric reader uh was a part of and there's some really good like old school 90s hard score stuff on it and it's like um stuff that's never been heard. And I was like, Oh, this stuff has to get out. So then the search for how to transfer these because who has a DAT machine anymore? Right. Right. And that's how, uh, two minute Meyer plays
3: into all this. Who even knows what (laughs) a DAT machine is. Exactly.
2: (laughs) The the legend of this gets even greater because of where this was done. Yes. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. So you're going to have to help me. Okay. Um, but, um,
3: Zach, yeah, hold on, hold on. His name sounds like it would be a bottled water. Birdie, yeah, Birdie Air, woohoo, nice, nice. Okay,
2: (laughs) (laughs) so him and I talk. Him and I talk quite a bit sometimes on Facebook. We talk about bands and other things. And he just, I think, either because of you or somebody else, he just said, "Hey, I think I, I heard you had some dat tapes. You want to get them transferred? I just so happened to work at." Medi- Med- medieval times
3: yeah medieval times
2: yeah <laughs> and we you, re- have- you
3: reached out to me and told me about this right yes yes yeah okay
2: and uh, his boss at medieval times because he works in the production department mm-hmm. he sent me a picture of it it was sitting all the way on the bottom kind of covered up they had two DAT machines and they totally took them and transferred them digitally to uh the files that we needed and so i got them a back i got them back and they sounded good mm-hmm. um, very raw. And I said yeah, they, all need, they needed some help. Oh, yeah. And I sent yeah. them to some guys and I was to everybody else in the band. And I was like, hey, check these out. We haven't heard these forever. And included on those dats was two songs by a band that Jesse, Roy, myself, and before Sean was in Zao, we were on a band called Monroe that was like a post-hardcore emo kind of sound. Yeah. Um, and so there was two songs from there too. And so we were kind of all, those are,
3: it. those are on the CD version. If you buy it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But not on the vinyl. Not on the vinyl no,
2: no. So we, uh, um, we were kind of like shooting it around and then we we're trying to figure out like, should we put these out? Should we not put these out? And then I just emailed Matt Traxler back and said, Hey, um, I've got like a bunch those Dats transferred. I have a, there's a ton of unreleased stuff. What do you want to do with it? And he said, let's put it out. And then we started working on the vinyls and all that. And then the great thing about Zao is Zao, old, middle, and new is like we're all still a family mm-hmm. and we kind of talk about stuff all the time. And um, the new guys were all like, yeah, we want to help you guys um, promo the new this. guys you who know, have been yeah, in
3: it for like 25 years.
2: Yeah, but they've been in it longer <laughs> than the original guys. Um, so sure. we're like, so like we just kind of all work together and. Really, Matt and the new guys did a lot of the legwork, um, but man, it, it looks really good. And then Matt decided he was going to re-release All Else Failed on a double LP, and it's like blood that. red, which is killer. Um, I'm hoping I get one of those. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wished we could have got the ice version.
2: Oh yeah, that was nice too,
3: of Preface or whatever we're calling it. But right, right. Unfortunately, by the time I even got a hold of it, it was that one was sold out.
2: Well, I, and the crazy thing was, is that uh, on Bandcamp, it was like number three and number five on the top selling albums for the for pre-sales for the day. It was insane. Wow, I was really? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. So That's awesome. But honestly, 2020 and 2021 is the years of Zeo because there's the Preface album, the All Else Elf album. Um, I don't know if this is public knowledge yet, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Uh, they're, they're You're re- hearing it
3: now on <laughs> Coffee and Hardcore.
2: They're re-releasing Splinter Shards on vinyl. They're re-releasing Blood and Fire
3: on Ooh, vinyl. That's, that's the record. Yes.
2: And then there are also um, uh, new Zayos coming out with new stuff. I just saw a tag that showed how long the, uh, the album was going to be and everything. So that's coming out soon. So there is like so much Zeo getting ready to happen. And it's, it's so cool. What a better way to end this
3: horrible year. than With a whole more Zeo?:
2: Yes. With a whole bunch of <laughs> Zeo crap coming out.
3: <laughs> so when we talked the first time, you told a story about Jesse and I think that would be a great you working at the Christian bookstore and him <laughs> him coming in. All right. Um, I think that would be a, I think that would be a cool uh, okay. thing for the listeners to hear.
2: Um when I'm trying to, it's it's the Save Yourself From Hell album, right? Yeah. Okay. That is
3: my absolute favorite Zayo album still. Just cuz it's <laughs> so dark. I oh, love how dark it is. Super dark.
2: Yeah. Um I rem I, I was working at a Christian bookstore here in here in Parkersburg, where we're all from. And um that album was getting ready to come out, and I had seen what it looked like. And um, you know, of course, Jesse, good friend hanging out, you know, and all that stuff. And he was kind of in a to a, a glam kind of phase at that moment. And um, which where we are from is very hillbilly kind of it's West Virginia. So Is it know, still like that? To an extent, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but definitely, he's gonna stand out like a sore thumb. So, yeah, that album's getting ready to come out, and I had well, already.
3: Let's, let's tell people. Let's let's uh, let's paint this picture here. So Jesse, he was super like, real skinny at the time. Yes. Had tattoos everywhere. He yes. had black fingernail polish on his nails. Yes. I'm. Thi- I. He either had black or blonde spiky hair.
2: It was black hair with spikes. What yellow? Okay, spikes, black, pretty
3: sure. Yep. Black hair with spikes. Okay. And then he wore eyeshadow.
2: Eyeshadow. He had a fur coat on at the time <laughs> when he came to the came to the bookstore. Yes.
3: And he and he dressed primarily in all black. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we painted that picture. Go ahead. Painted that picture. So
2: the album just dropped. There was already an issue because they had to reprint the album for Christian bookstores because there was something in it. Because of remember. how he
3: looked, I thought. Is that
2: oh okay, it could have been.
3: Yeah, because he had fingernail polish on, and that wasn't very Christian of a man to have fingernail polish on of in course. the '90s.
2: Oh yes, um, <laughs> but he—he's going to come in. i like, I know he's coming because we had talked earlier. He's going to come in. And he just, you know, because the album's in and it's in a store. That's kind of yeah. a cool thing to check out. So he's coming to hang out, talk, and he shows up and in the bookstore, dressed, you know, dressed full glam coming yeah. to check out the album. Of course, I've got it and shown it to him, and everybody is just straight wigging out. So my manager's Did, wigging out. Didn't you say they had to put a
3: sticker over him?
2: Oh, yeah. There on was the a back? Sticker. On the back. There was definitely a sticker over the back, yes.
3: Over him, right? Yes, over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah so he comes how to, he looked.
2: <laughs> yeah, so he comes to the the, the thing, and, and there's a sticker on him. Um, <laughs> I think that's where they put the um, – because they used to put stickers like buy four, get one free. Yep. They stick that over top of them. And then I think the price sticker was over top of them. And
3: it it was just horrible. The Christian Um, bookstore was my place when I was a kid. I would go with my grandpa once a month and I could go pick out one album. So that brings back memories. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) No,
2: no, but it was just, it was just so funny to be there and, you know, talking to a, a friend who was in a band, which was a band that I was in
3: and everybody just straight wigging out. Um, yeah. Well, how many records did they put out at that point? Was that two? Since well, you've been out of it? Yeah, Is that their second.
2: That was yeah, cuz Blood and Fire and then Save Yourself from Hell. Those were the two after yeah. Splinter. Yep. Yeah. Man, the second one. Yep.
3: Those are two hard-hitting great albums. Oh yeah. Like you guys had the two great albums and then they had those two great albums.
2: Yeah. I and see I don't I don't think they I think they're they do get credit out there in the other places but i i but i think the talk I,
3: what do you mean they, by that
2: i don't think they get enough credit for the shift that they made in that style of music like gotcha. they were no went, longer hardcore they were more metalcore yeah and yeah. who else was doing that when they did it like what <laughs> other album was like save yourself from hell when that came out like seriously but no
3: nothing like save yourself from hell that thing was right. so good it was so dark and so gloomy and <laughs> but still hopeful in a in a sense if you know it if you i guess right. you could you only know that if you know that album but exactly. it's like the darkest gloomiest most hopeful album <laughs> right
2: well it's all it's all dan cuz dan writes those crazy so weird lyrics that in one shape it messes with you and then all, and then, and then the next moment, you hear something that's like a glimmer of hope. It's like it's so yeah, I weird. Know.
3: Yeah, that album still. I went. I actually went back and listened to that album after we had this first talk. The right. stuff we had to scrap. That album still holds up for me personally. It's powerful. That, it's a great album.
2: That's the album that when I was driving down the road the other day with my youngest son, and we were listening to Jesse talk about this new album that he has coming out. Uh, ah it's so horrible I'm, he's gonna kill me <laughs> serpent 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 servant slave that's it. okay it's it's, it's killer cool it's
3: killer stuff um, oh yeah weren't you saying it's kind of like is it kind of like rock and rolly more no it's like actually more industrial kind of dark oh okay stuff, maybe, yeah. I, maybe i don't know was <laughs> it was was his other band kind of rock and rolly yes yes okay there, there we go yeah because yeah. i think i listened to a bad christian podcast where they had him on it and they were playing yeah. the songs and it was more, he sings and plays guitar in that yeah. other band, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But um, but we're listening to that podcast. And then, so I started playing old Zeo or I, I started playing the newer Zeo and I played a song oh. off of Save Yourself From Hell. And my youngest was going nuts. Like banging <laughs> this is his the head. the best story. Cra- and just yelling. <laughs> He's like, daddy, this is, you know, like I love it, daddy, daddy. And then I switched it to the old school stuff, like the stuff that his pops is on. And he goes, daddy, <laughs> turn it back. I don't want to <laughs> listen to this and he so he
3: totally sold me out. He sold me out for new zeal. Oh man. That's so good. And you Does call he, it new new zeal which is hilarious because that yes. came out in, like what 98. Yeah, 98. <laughs> it's like I guess that would be middle zeal would that be one Yeah, like over 20 years ago. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that crazy 20 years ago, like 22 years ago or whatever that was like that doesn't even seem like it. I think it's I think it's longer than that. Oh, really?
2: Where's the calculator at? I'm going to figure out. How to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't math. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. It's longer. I don't ago. even
3: know what year it came They come out in 96 or 98. I think we looked it up. 99 it came out. No. So
2: it's uh, tw- which one? Save Yourself from Hell or, or the? Save Yourself from Hell. Oh, that would have been, yeah, that would have been over 20 years ago. Went right yeah, around that, 20. It was like but, 21 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But the, the preface stuff, this is what's going to be crazy. Oh,
3: yeah. That's like 93, right?
2: Oh, yeah, that's 26 years ago.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when I stole my first basketball shoes. Did I tell you that <laughs> there story? You go. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you were still in basketball shoes and I was putting out demos. How about that?
3: <laughs> You're doing productive just, things in your life. <laughs> I was <laughs> learning <laughs> life lessons. <laughs> I was just a little <laughs> older. <laughs> yeah, I was over here learning my life lessons. So, two minute minor does have some stuff coming out and this is kind of the perfect time here to uh to have this podcast coming out in in august because we are actually dropping and releasing a one inch lathe cut record
2: i don't even know how that
3: works (laughs) okay what do you mean
2: i just don't like how do you how do you make a one inch lathe cut vinyl record
3: well i gotta give all props to zach uh Zach, the, the drummer who we talked about earlier, um, yeah, he actually, he oh gosh, I don't know, like Soda Tax, whenever that came out, I don't know, I'm going to say three yeah. years ago. Yeah. He's like, hey, I want to do these small vinyls. And I was like, no, no one's going to buy a freaking small <laughs> vinyl, dude. <laughs> so we put out this, uh, this, this record, you know, no one's going to buy it. We're just going to be sitting on these records. And this dude in Australia does it, and they're not cheap. And so he kind of went behind my back and ordered them anyways and paid for them out of his own pocket because they told him, two-minute minor, we're not going to make our money back. This is going to be a waste of money. it was a decent chunk of change, and he paid for it out of his own pocket. And so we get them, and I'm like, you know, I'll put these things up, but I don't – you know, we got limited. We got 50 of them. I'm like, we'll put these things up, but I don't think they're going to sell. They sold out in three days. I bought one. Like two and a half days. Yes. I bought one (laughs) and it won't work on my record player. Yeah. That's the thing is so it's because it's so small. Right. I have two record players. I have one of those cheap ones that I should just probably throw in the garbage. Those Crosleys. Yes. That is not even worth owning and it won't play on that. But this other one I got uh, for Christmas two years ago from my aunt and uncle it's a, it's a really good record player and it, it it will play my two inch record um because it has to be a record player that'll go all the, all the way, way yep. into the middle some of them will go and stop for i don't know i don't know if you want to say safety reasons but you know so it just doesn't keep so if you fall asleep it doesn't keep going around like grinding your record you know for the safety of your records but it won't play, and we put that on our on our site too. We say these lathe cuts won't play on every record player because it has to be a record player that will play deep into the center, and especially on this one inch, I don't know like we we got a, we're getting a video of this guy cutting it and playing it, so we know it plays the guy who's making it, but we looked uh, we looked online. we're going to be one of the first bands to actually have music on a one inch i think we looked in the bbc has bird sounds Whoa. a collection of one inch records <laughs> right but when we put that two inch out it actually went up on some wikipedia about vinyl and then we were actually on a, a vinyl podcast they talked about our our record so that was That's pretty crazy. neat yeah. yeah yeah i guess there was only like a handful of bands that have done a two inch so zach without knowing it or without me knowing it uh, kind of put us on the map a little bit and all credit due to him. And so what we're doing is we're getting 50 of these one inch records from this guy from Australia. These things take like four, sometimes five months to get.
0: Holy cow. Uh,
3: yeah. So we've had this thing and I think this one took us four, four and a half. And we've, we've had this in the works for a while, but basically this one's different cause this one's double sided. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. so so we have two 10-second songs, <laughs> one on one side, one on the other. And the album's called We Hate Two-Minute Minor. And it's kind of about the backlash that we got a few years ago. Um, we got trolled, and so we just thought it'd be fun to play along with it. Like, these people made this picture of this kid wearing a Two-Minute Minor shirt and people laughing at the kid wearing the shirt, so we stuck it in there. Cause we 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 just thought like that whole thing was hilarious, and so we kind of wanted to just play on it. Like, we're actually getting trolls. That means we're doing something. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Or they hate us. Either way, like either way, (laughs) that's awesome. Like our names out there enough to where people actually hate us now. That's great. So we thought, you know, we thought we should celebrate that. And so, in the spirit of that, you know, the kids making fun of because if you should buy your kids a two minute minor shirt because they will get made fun of nice. Um, But basically we're raising money for suicide prevention um, because we do know that bullying is serious and it does happen um, in schools and what online or whatever. Um And Tim Mann from focus does guest nice. vocals on hope for the day. And we're actually donating everything we make, not just the proceeds, but every single dollar. So we're, <laughs> We're eating the cost on these vinyl, and uh, we're basically uh, – that's our donation um, to them. So whatever we sell, even the cost of the vinyl, every cent we're giving to Hope of the Day in Chicago. Wow. Wow. And Tim Mann was kind enough to be on it, and he explained to me his struggles with all of that. And so this was something that was really important to him, to be on this uh, – on this record, nice. And I would like to get him on the show because he has a lot of things to say.
2: He does. And you know what? The cool thing about Tim is, and a lot of people don't know this, is he is the man who coined the phrase "spirit filled hardcore." That's
3: he's, right. He's, oh. he's he's the guy. And um, yeah, um, so we're doing a limit of of fifty, and so basically when they sell, they sell. And right. we're also we're doing uh, dad hats, two minute nice. minor dad hats. We made, we made six of them just to see how they'd sell. And they went in that one day in like right. three hours, I think it was.
2: Yeah. My wife got one. She was like, she one did. <laughs> one. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. And so, you know, we're gonna, we wanted to just see how they would sell. So yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do the, we're going to do two colors. We're going to do the black with the green and nice. the black with, with the white again. awesome Um, all that goes to Um, suicide prevention also to hope for the day and i think we're dropping that friday august 14th we will have the one inches available for automatic sale and the hats will be a pre-order and if you order a hat and a vinyl you'll get like i think two bucks off or something like that but you have to wait for the hat because we'll ship them both together
2: you've got the two minute stuff coming out but you also got what's your damage stuff coming out too soon right
3: you know what? Thank you. I didn't even put that in my notes. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a we're doing a split with the uh, the Pretty Bads. Oh and yeah, we thought yeah. we found out about them through audio feed, and I watched them play, and through oh gosh, Indivision Music, Indivision, the label, yeah. yeah, the label that they're on. And we really like them, and we thought the the style goes together really well. And I've been in a lot of talks with jordan uh the drummer and husband in the band because it's a married couple right and they do have a bass player now he said but on the record on the first record i think he he played drums and bass and she played guitar and sang Um, but yeah we're doing that split and he's getting our stuff's all done we have it mixed um they're ready to go it's five songs from us five songs from them they were waiting on a saxophone part. They got it recorded last Friday, and they're in the middle of mixing. And then once uh, they give us the mixes, we will get it mastered together as a full, and then we will be releasing that. Yay! I do want to talk a little bit about the Coffee and Hardcore theme, because okay. I feel like I'm a little scatterbrained, and I cut that a little short. So I reached out to Jim, and because I, I wanted to read the words to this theme and they actually did two themes I think I only sent you one they made two yeah you only sent me one yeah yeah they made two 30 second themes and the one that I sent you is the one I really really liked okay I trust you because I love it so I will send you the other one but this one is the best and the words are well the words that he sent me because I know it says coffee and hardcore coffee right. and hardcore full steam ahead but like the meat the meat of it the real the words are We got some Java, we got some tunes, we got some jokes, and we got reviews. We got The Cure for A Few Hours of Boredom. If you like the bands, go and support them. Coffee and hardcore, coffee (laughs) and hardcore. (laughs) So I was thinking, you know what? Maybe we should put both of them in there at the end. At the end of this podcast, and we should see which one people like better and see if we made the right choice. Because if you like the other one better, people, it doesn't matter. We're sticking with this one, but we want to hear right. If, right. if we messed up or if we did good. <laughs> so I'll send you both, and we'll put bo- we'll put both of them at the end there. Okay. Well, yeah, we can do that. No problem. Yeah.
2: And then we have I a little think- we oh we'll have and we have a little special something else at the end too that I'm fanboying over a whole lot. We but, do, and we're not, but we'll just make that a surprise.
3: That's gonna be a surprise. Yes. Okay. <laughs> unless you don't want it to be a surprise I like no surprises. i don't know i okay if you like surprises i do we'll awesome. just say that we'll say that how i got this surprise to happen was i reached out to this person <laughs> and i said if you do this for us my co-host mick will fangirl <laughs> and this person goes yeah let's do it
2: <laughs> and cool. i sent
3: it to him and i get a text back that says what
2: <laughs> the funny thing is is that you sent that to me, and I messaged Eric reader because eric um the the original singer for Zayo, he uh doesn't live that far from me, but don't give um, the secret away i'm not i'm not I'm not but okay. he he and I both are really dig um the this band that, yeah this person the band that he was in, and all that had a huge part in our uh in our teenage lives uh but um I told him I said I felt like Steve Martin from the Jerk when he finally gets his name in the phone book and he's like <laughs> yeah. I've made it.
3: I've made it. <laughs> and then the guys start shooting at him. Yes, that's how I, I was like that's how I felt.
2: I was like I have done it. I can be done with my life. It's all over.
3: I have, com- I have, I have This made person it. said their name, the name <laughs> of the band they're in and my name in the same sentence. I awesome. made <laughs> I've made it.
2: I've made it. Uh yeah, so that's pretty pretty sweet. I'm excited about that.
3: That's cool. That's cool when you like a band, when you grow up listening to a band, you wear their t shirt, you buy their vinyl, you support them, you listen to them, you know all their songs, you went to their shows, and you find out that they're actually cool people, also. Right. Like that is huge because oh man. I won't say I won't say who this person was, but I looked up to this person and I actually met them for like, oh, I don't know, maybe like 40, 50 seconds. And I was like, oh, it just sucks though too, because someone can ruin their perception of you in that short of time. Like, and I don't know if that's fair either, because maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they were off. Maybe things happened. But it's just crazy that we can hold on to those moments for so long in our life, good or bad. Right. And just like make make judgments of, our whole life can go by you know twenty years and we're like, oh, that person sucks because <laughs> for fifty seconds they were shitty to me you know what I mean like <laughs> right right I don't know if that's uh, fair either yeah we know. can st-
2: we can we can still talk trash about people if that's how they acted no I'm just kidding <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean maybe I'm not saying I'm anything to write home about but maybe just at a show or. In my friendship, maybe I did something like that too. Like right. someone's like, Hey, this is my friend, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh hey, what's up? And they're <laughs> like, oh, that person sucks. You know? <laughs> like, who knows? Like, who I'm, knows? Sure, maybe.
2: I'm sure somewhere out there somebody has a bad story about me because I was so awkward and shy when I would when we would go play shows that I'm sure somebody was like, Why is that guy a jerk? when really I was like, Yeah, um, I don't really know what to say right now because I'm awkward and shy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I might actually poop in my pants if I talk to you.
2: If I talk to you, that's why I always play with my back to the crowd.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh yeah. So
2: anyway, yeah. So I'm sure there's somebody out there that has something to say, something like that about me.
3: Yeah. But this person and these people, I guess I don't know all of them, but this person is, uh, lives up, lives up to his name. He's a good guy. Oh yeah. Uh, And one of the greatest, Hardcore slash um, crossover bands ever. Oh yeah. Thrash. Maybe crossover thrash I would call yeah.
2: it. Oh yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Started as a punk band. We're giving hints. Now we people are giving have, hints. We now now people it have to tune in to the <laughs> end though to, to listen to this.
2: <laughs> and I will say this about him too. The man has somehow figured out the formula to the fountain of youth. Because I saw him in 1993 Mm -hmm. play a show. And then I saw him all these years later at the show in Michigan that we were all at. And I was like, there's a little bit of wrinkles around his eyes, but he looks exactly (laughs) the same. I was like, how? How?
3: Right. So, yep. Well, that person, if that person listens, is... Is going to really enjoy that. Nice. That you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Another awkward moment brought to you by Wiley Willis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I did I did want to dive into, I've been bouncing back and forth in my head. I remember when we first recorded this podcast, we had to trash it because my microphone sucked. I was really like, oh, I want to get into this whole marble in my mouth politics mumbo jumbo. And then... And then, right when we, right when we hit the play button, record play button on this podcast, I was like, "No, we're gonna make this a safe place where we don't <laughs> talk about politics." Well, you know what? I'm gonna talk about it. Oh, great! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is my take on Wiley's coffee and hardcore unity talk. That's what I'm calling this segment. Okay, good, good. Dun 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 dun. So basically online, of course, of course, it all starts online. And even in person, uh, I have been having people tell me that I need to stand up for what's right and what I believe in. This is a true story now. When all this stuff hit, and everyone knows what all this stuff is. um, I actually had people reach out to me and they say, Hey, we need you to print this. I don't know. People really did this. We need you to print those uh, anti-racist goon crew badges again. And I said, no, I'm not. We're not going to do that, but we'll do something else. So I ended up printing those hardcore unity ones. And uh, we gave all the money to charity. And we did a pre-order for that. And I just had people saying, hey, friends and people who listen to our music say, Hey, I, I think you need to really, you need to say something. You need to have a voice. And, and the first thing I said to them was, I feel like this isn't my time. I feel like it's okay for me to sit back and let other people have a voice right now, because I'm just, I'm just this dude like a student, And like, you know, in a local Chicago hardcore band, like, yeah, we put out like the, the anti-racist thing because of the the kind of music and the scene that we're in. Um, and because we stand for unity. I grew up in a house that was a unity house. I grew up with a, with a grandpa who was in the military and fought in war and was very patriotic and taught me how to raise an American flag and how to fold an American flag. And if it hits the ground, you burn it um and put up a new one because it's disrespectful and just really strong voice of unity and how God created all of us and he created all of us in his image and because he was so different he had to make us all so different because that was just his creativity he's God was God is and was an artist when he created us and I my grandpa didn't like to talk about war a lot, but there was a few times when it kind of came out and, uh, I know he, he was deaf and I think it was, it was in one of his ears. I think it was his right ear. Cause the tank went off right by his ear.
2: Whoa.
3: Um, and he told me that story a couple of times. And, uh, I just remember, he, well, I don't want to throw anybody on the bus here, but I remember he grew up in a household that, um that I want to choose my words carefully. That he, he grew up in a household that well, let's just say it, it wasn't a household of unity. We'll say that. Okay. And so when he went to war, he realized that all that stuff, um, it was just it it just was mumbo jumbo. It didn't matter. None of it mattered. And that these people are all these people, him uh The people in war uh as brothers and sisters, no matter what color they were um were fighting for one thing you know and maybe maybe the war the war of the government wasn't the right thing to do, maybe it was that's a whole other political issue, but in that moment st- standing as people and as one in unity was what they were doing, what they had to do to survive. Do you know you, you hear what I'm saying?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes.
3: Like, they had to survive as people, as a unit, and it didn't matter what color you were. That was the last thing that was on your mind, what color you were. And I think that really opened up his eyes and was one of the reasons why he raised me in a unity household and why he was so, so, you know, militant about it in the sense where he reminded me almost every day that we're all beautiful, no matter the color we are, because we grew up in the UP in Iron Mountain. And so there's not a lot of diversity in Iron Mountain, but he made sure to to let me know and to make sure my eyes were open um, for when I actually went out into the real world right. and had to meet different people than, than I am um, and realize that we're all people. And we all have the same needs. Uh, We all want to be loved. Um, You know, we all struggle. We all have issues. um, But we're really just people. And so it really drives me crazy. When I see this division, when I see the far right and the far left um, going at each other, and when i try to be a moderate in the sense where i try to put myself in the middle and look at things before i make decisions and i get yelled at i've gotten yelled at from my friends i some friendships have been ruined online and in person um because of where i stand because of my unity line and because i i won't be bullied into um i won't be bullied into What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Pull it into a
2: position, or
3: well, not necessarily position because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be true to a party and follow everything they say because I don't right. think that's what you should do. I think you should have your values and your views, and if they differ from the parties, I, I see a lot of people just standing with that party hand in hand because. Right. Right. Yeah, that's their thing. And they're blinded to everything else. I w right. what I was looking for is I won't be a radical. Okay. Yeah. Um, I consider myself a moderate and that doesn't mean I don't have issues on this. This doesn't mean I don't stand up for people. It doesn't mean I don't stand up for what I believe. And that's one thing that really hurt me as a guy that I know and that I work with. He, he had the me to say this online too, which he wouldn't even say it to my face is he said there's and he said there's some people who care more about the unity message who are just using it to sell records than will actually bunker down and make a difference and i was like what <laughs> like is this real okay just because i'm not a crazy far left radical like you are doesn't mean that I don't have a message. My message is unity. Just because it's not the same message as yours, just because you're spreading division, which he is, does it mean that I don't have a message and I don't believe in something? Right. And for him to say, "Who does he think I am?" REM, like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is he saying? Like I. I'm choosing a message Unity to sell records wrong. I've been listening to Unity music my whole life. I've been listening to the specials. You know, I've been listening to Unity Punk Rock Operation IV. Like that's the kind of stuff I love and I listen to. And it just doesn't make sense to me why he's trying to bully me into his position. And I've noticed that from from both far sides, right. from both extremists. Um, and it's just getting out of control. It's like it's like their common enemy is the moderate. And there's no room for a moderate anymore because you're either oppressed or the oppressor. There's no in-between. And I call bullshit on that because I think there's a lot of in-between. I just think when you're that radical, you only see out of one lens. Right.
2: Well, and there's a whole lot of, um, and we talked about this before, there's a whole lot of this. If you don't agree with what I have to say or my the line that I'm bringing, um, then we're going to cancel you the whole cancel culture thing. Yeah. And, and what I find interesting, and this is, this is what I've had to learn to do in these last few months. And that is being a white dude from West Virginia, uh, growing up in the church, uh, pastor's kid, now pastoring myself. What I've had to learn to do is as much as I want to jump in and say things, and post things online and and be supportive of my black brothers and sisters who are going through a bunch of crap and are now actually getting their voice out there and people are saying things what i've had to do is shut up and listen exactly because, because i haven't been paying attention and where i thought like everything was you know everything was cool um and then stuff like this happens in the last three months and i finally realized that um, you know, my kids, when they grow up and they're going to play football, baseball or whatever, and they come back from practice or whatever, I don't have to worry about them getting pulled over and possibly killed like my neighbor down the street, who is a black family, who has two sons who play for the, the local football team, who have just tried to come home and hang out and have been pulled over for no reason whatsoever. And so I need to listen to those stories and I need to be supported of, supportive of them. Um, yeah and supportive of the folks that I am in contact with and I connect with and I can hear their stories personally. That's kind of where I'm at on this. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm so tired of the, the far left and the far right canceling everybody out there. They're trying to smear everybody's voice uh, when really uh, the heart of the matter is, can we not just look and see that there's people that are actually hurting and, right. and are broken and need help? And and honestly can we take a moment and look and go um this has not just been happening in the last 10 15 years this has been happening for a long time. Oh yeah. We're just and,
3: repeating history like a Mary exactly. Girl. Exactly.
2: But you know it but it just seems like now more than ever and it's pr- it's probably because of social media and all that.
3: Probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there's just this overreach of folks just not allowing voices to be shared and and having space to talk it out and to actually think. Now, um, do I think that there's that people should just be able to blab and say whatever they want? Uh I, I think that there that there's common sense in there where if you're actually saying things that are actually hurting people that can physically hurt people because of what you're saying, then I you know that stuff needs to be stopped. That's not freedom of speech. That's taking advantage of freedom,
3: right? Going to your cancel culture thing, I'll make this short because I'm interested in what you have to say is there I just wanted to put this disclaimer in there is I think it's great that people are being held accountable for their actions uh, right. when they're doing terrible things when there's when there's rape in the industry and when there's um, when there's people. You know, being pedophiles and there's people doing sex rings, and there's people doing this and doing that, laundering money blah 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 yeah you should you should be held accountable for your actions, but the cancel culture we're talking about because sometimes that gets confused with the young people um because we're not the young people <laughs>
2: right, exactly
3: <laughs> but um I do believe a cancel culture in that sense uh calling out yes all all the bullshit and all the bad things is very right. important, especially in Hollywood where uh, white men or even men in general Would get away with murder
2: Exactly ba- yes.
3: Basically almost murder And I think it's great That people are standing up And saying hey this has happened And they're actually being held for their, Accountable for their actions the, right. the cancel culture we're talking about That's bad is the I'm going to take you down, I'm going to ruin your small business, I'm going to ruin you, I'm going to ruin your band, I'm going I'm to get you fired from your job because I don't agree with you and I'm going to call you a Nazi or a racist and I'm not even going to do my homework and know if it's true. That's right. the cancel culture we're talking about.
2: Yeah, like definitely. If, if, if there's folks, someone, companies, whatever, that are doing things that are uh, hurting other people, where there's racism, racism involved, sexism involved, where there's kids getting hurt, um, where companies are are just destroying uh, communities and stuff like that, um, that's where real quote unquote cancel cancel culture needs to happen. But what we're seeing take place is if. You know, between individuals if there is an issue if there's a disagreement or if you do something different than the way they think you should do it it's automatically you're canceled and we're going to raise up a whole army of social media warriors to stop you to end you and we're seeing a lot of folks get hurt so to us or to you know that's not cancel culture that's just being a jerk um if we're going to cancel something, then we need to go, go after those things. They're actually legit hurting people, um, systems and, and groups and, and individuals, you know, that's, they need to be put on blast. And, and those are the folks, you know what? No, uh, you don't deserve our business. You don't deserve our time, but you know, disagreements and not doing things the way others want you to do it. That's, when we get into that stuff, that's that's just ridiculous. Because here's a good example of this, and it goes all the way back to the 80s, okay? Uh, I remember being an 80s kid. I grew up in church, so this is going to kind of be a little cheesy, all right? okay. But I grew up in church, and Amy Grant was huge back then, right? Yes. Do you remember when she came out with the song Baby Baby? The super sugary pop song Baby Baby? I Sing it? Uh, oh, you're gonna make me sing it! The one that goes, <laughs> it goes, baby, baby, dun 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 dun, 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 dun. yeah." Okay.
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, so that song came out, right? Yeah. The church threw a fit and they canceled her because oh, she yeah? was singing. You know, she was singing a secular song about a dude. Oh, and so she's they threw a
3: fit. she's Christian. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She wrote. She wrote like a ton of Christian songs. I just right? know she.
3: Uh, my mom or somebody had a Christmas album, so.
2: Yeah, so the the, ch- <laughs> so the church did what we're talking about, the bad side of this. Like, that girl didn't do anything wrong. She wrote a song about her, you know, um, I don't yeah. know if she was married at the time or not, but she wrote a song about a boy who who gives a rip, but the church threw a fit because it wasn't a Christian song. Right. So that's the kind of crap that we're talking about, and I don't know if you remember the band Lust Control. This will bring us back into punk and hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> band Lust Control actually wrote a song called Leave Amy Grant Alone. <laughs> so, um, so that that's kind of what we're talking about. It's just this cheese. This it, it re- really is this cheese ball idea that just because you don't want to have a conversation, I'm just going to cut you completely out and you're done. I'm not. Yeah, not, you know, you're not even well, going to
3: listen. And we talked about this on the first podcast that we had to that we had to redo. Is uh, growing up in the '80s and '90s, the the whole youth group. Church was all about fear tactics. Yes, and scaring you like you better have a CD burning party or a CD <laughs> like you actually burn your CDs and tapes, and right. your records uh into a fire because that's the devil's music and the devil's going to come out of that music. And we're going to do good records. You're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even when we talked about uh on the podcast that that Raging Us Machine record, the Evil Empire. I think I had that thing like <laughs> ten times. Wow. Cause I burned it a couple of times and then, you know, I repented whatever they wanted you to do back in the nineties. And right. then, or my grandparents would find it and get rid of it. And like I said, I originally, I finally just wrote like Christian top 10 mix on the burn <laughs> CD <laughs> stuck in my drawer and it never got messed with again, um, but i oh, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I, I, the funny thing is, is that my parents were never like that. But every single youth group that I was a part of, because my dad pastored churches, every single youth group had something like that going on. And I would come home from like a camp or something and that had tell him that that happened. He would be like, why, why did you feel like you had to do that? Because growing up, like, we listened to Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Dylan, all this stuff growing up, had, you know, always had the radio on, all this stuff. Dad was really into Motown. And that's, like, what we listened to. And now, I'm, you know, later on in youth group, I'm being told that this stuff is evil. And we yeah. gotta burn it and all this stuff. And he'd be like, why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> can we yeah, think your, about this your, first?
3: Your dad was smart. You know, we had to pay money for those records, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they're not bad. Right. Oh. But basically, I'm just, I'm fed up with not being able to even in, it's gotten so bad. It used to only be on the internet and now it has gone to in person talks. And it's, when it started to the in person talks, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually entering and seeping into the real world. Uh oh.
2: That's a whole, that's a whole other,
3: right, to get into. it it is and yeah we should cut this short because we don't want this to be hardcore <laughs> politics and copy but um it's just been on my heart a little bit because it goes hand in hand with the music and our message um, right. is why I, is why I'm kind of bringing it up because for someone to say that I'm only preaching a message of unity in this time because I want to sell records is very hurtful yeah um in the sense that they're basically telling me that I don't care i don't care that uh, black people have struggles, and that they're struggling. Of course, I care. Of course, I don't want my fellow human being to deal with these struggles. And of course, I'm being more aware of, of a lot of these issues now. And I'm happy that I'm being told, and and my eyes are being opened. Um, t- telling me that you that you hate me, or that my eyes are closed. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's spreading unity. I think that's spreading division. Right. Um, and it doesn't, that doesn't make me neutral. Right. Uh, so I don't understand why that's being said, because right. if you like, even in this newest record that we're working on, like it is a unity record, but it hits on these topics. And I do think they're important, but I, I, I think that we are blinding ourselves by the left and the right. And, I think we're buying into what they want. I think we're buying into division, and I think we're not really going to get this country or people on track in general, anywhere in the world until we actually unify as one person as one people right. I truly believe that, and so extremeism and being extreme, I think is hurting this country and this is. This is my platform I was given to speak on Coffee and Hardcore, and I know it's turned into coffee, it's turned into coffee, hardcore, and politics for a minute. Um, but I think this goes bigger than politics. I think this is about uh, humanity. Right. And I think uh, extremism is dividing this country and ruining this country. And we are going to play you this great clip that was sent to us Um And it is comedians speaking out against uh, cancel culture. And we're going to play you this this clip from uh, from the BBC.
1: Seriously, though, we've heard a lot about extremism recently. A nastier, harsher atmosphere everywhere. More abuse and bother boy behavior. Less friendliness and tolerance and respect for opponents. All right, but what we never hear about extremism is its advantages. Well, the biggest advantage of extremism is that it makes you feel good because it provides you with enemies. Let me explain. The great thing about having enemies is that you can pretend that all the badness in the whole world is in your enemies and all the goodness in the whole world is in you. Attractive, isn't it? So, if you have a lot of anger and resentment in you anyway and you therefore enjoy abusing people, then you can pretend that you're only doing it because these enemies of yours are such very bad persons. And that if it wasn't for them, you'd actually be good-natured and courteous and rational all the time. So, if you want to feel good, become an extremist. Okay, now you have a choice. If you join the hard left, they'll give you their list of authorized enemies. Almost all kinds of authority, especially the police, the city, Americans, judges... Multinational corporations, public schools, furriers, newspaper owners, fox hunters, generals, class traitors, and, of course, moderates. Or, if you'd rather be an extremist on the hard right, no problem, fine, you still get a lovely list of enemies, only they're different ones. Noisy minority groups, unions, Russia, weirdos, demonstrators, welfare sponges, meddlesome clergy, peaceniks, the BBC... Strikers, social workers, communists, and, of course, moderates and upstart actors. Now, once you're armed with one of these super lists of enemies, you can be as nasty as you like and yet feel your behaviors morally justified. So you can strut around uh, abusing people and telling them you could eat them for breakfast and still think of yourself as a champion of the truth, a, a, a fighter for the greater good, and not the rather sad paranoid schizoid that you really are. All right, so I sent Mick
3: three albums to review, and we're going to flip-flop each month. He sent me three to do next month, but this is my time. Nice. And, (laughs) well, first, before we jump into these uh, three album reviews, I'm going to – I didn't – this is newly added to the Coffee and Hardcore um, setup list, so Mick was not sent this. But I want to know what your three guilty pleasure band solo artist or album go to is. And you need to be real about it.
2: Oh, are you serious yeah. right now?
3: I'm serious because I wrote down three and okay. I am not proud of them. <laughs> 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 All People right. are gonna tune off tune off when they hear my last one and they won't hear the reviews. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right.
2: Okay. So three three guilty pleasures. Here we go. Yeah, man. Ready? Yep. All right. The first one is going to be Mumford and Sons.
3: Ooh, they turned it off already. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I got a worse one for you. Uh,
2: Let's see. Mumford and Sons. Uh, Gosh, (sighs) this is,
3: oh, man. If you got to go to your wife about it. No, no,
2: no, no. I got one because I already know there's a lot of people that hate this band. But Uh honestly, in the last, in the last, I don't know, Maybe three years, four years of my life, I've grown to appreciate them and love them. And I don't care if it makes me or if it marks me, but I, dang it, I love the Beatles and they are a guilty pleasure. Oh,
3: come on, Beatles. Yes. Here's the thing about the Beatles. They wrote 1,000 songs and they have like 50 good ones. <laughs> <laughs> if you write 1,000 songs, you better have at least That's 50 true. good ones. <laughs> That's true. All right. Next one.
2: Next one. Oh, man. Guilty Pleasure Band. Um,
3: dang it! <laughs> Take it to the wife; she'll always tell you the truth.
2: Uh, she already went to bed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna have to say. Oh yeah, you're an hour ahead of me. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say. Um, I'm trying to think of someone that'd be really just like that I listen to all the time, but I know if somebody heard me listen to him, they'd be like. <laughs> right now I have those um, fans. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. oh gosh. You know, um, I'm just gonna it's gonna be a song because yeah, just
3: because, out with it. Out with it. <laughs>
2: I there's times when I catch myself singing that stupid song from the eighties, everybody's working for the weekend.
3: Oh yeah, everybody's working yep. for the it's, weekend.
2: The name of that band is called Lover Boy.
3: Oh, <laughs> nice
2: you know what since we brought that up i i I do have a band huey lewis and the news
3: oh they're my first one (laughs) are you serious (laughs) (laughs) okay so my first one is huey lewis and the news lately because i grew up my favorite movie as a kid was back to the future okay yes and so i knew huey lewis but i didn't really i only knew his hits you know what i mean like my dad liked huey lewis so i'd hear my dad playing him on the radio and stuff like that but I recently dove into Huey Lewis and the news because I was singing a song, uh, like a parody song to our dog. And the song got like stuck in my head. And so I was like, Oh, I gotta go listen to this song. And I started listening to it. And then the next song played and I was like, Oh, I know this song. And the next song played, I'm like, Oh, I know this song.
2: <laughs> so you so started like, getting get into the deep cuts.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I've just been Spotify binging Huey Lewis and the news <laughs> for the last like two weeks. That is what I've been listening to. I do that all the time. So, yeah. So, I'm Huey Lewis in the newsing it up. I even go, I go so far, though. Like, I know so much about him now. I go and watch interviews. <laughs> I watched interviews, and I Beth, know he's awesome. going deaf, and it's so sad. Beth, yes, it is. Very yes. Sad. So, anyways, to move this along, I also have the 90s band Everclear. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. But one album. So much for the Afterglow. I okay. love that album. And then this is the one where people are going to turn off uh, Coffee and Hardcore and be like, these guys don't even talk about hardcore or coffee. (laughs) And this is a country singer from the 90s. And I know it's unforgivable. Goes by the name of Alan Jackson. Oh. (laughs) And I'll go as far as to say last weekend on a Sunday, (laughs) I sat down on the couch with my lady, and Libby, and we watched – Alan Jackson 90s music videos for at least an hour.
2: Oh my gosh, dude.
3: Wow. Yeah, I'm that bad. Wow. All right, we're diving in here. <laughs> Three <laughs> album reviews. This is from a band called Skullcrack. I absolutely love this band. I found them online and I bought all their stuff, supported this band. I started talking to the bass player on uh chat whatever you whatever you youngsters call your chatting on your typey keyboard things and uh, super nice guy, super rad guy, super rad band. Turned to dust 2019 it's their newest one so far uh on bandcamp let's pull it up here so we can look at it here um, the artwork is phenomenal by the way what do you think of the artwork of this band
2: they i'm trying to remember who they remind me of they remind me the the artwork reminded me of when i was when i was a teenager and i was into iron maiden for yes. a hot yes. second that's uh, what it
3: reminds me of I still love Iron Maiden. I used to steal my uncle. He had the seventh son of the seventh son on cassette tape where Eddie's coming through the water and he's holding his heart and his like his spine is like disconnected or whatever. Right. And that artwork just blew my mind. I would steal that tape. There I go stealing again (laughs) and uh, listen to it on the bus. And my uncle gets so pissed that I, he would be like, stop taking my Iron Maiden tapes. (laughs) But yeah. The artwork is what got me into this band, to be honest. I won't lie, I'm a huge artwork guy with bands. I feel like, I feel like artworks. You you got to have good music, but your artwork has to be really good because it's the first thing people see. I've always been. That's always been my motto. But this is a 13. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I think
2: the artwork fits the music too. Oh,
3: yeah. The the two, they, yeah.
2: I can hear the. I can hear the. The whatever the thing is on the front cover screaming the lyrics. That's what I hear when yeah, I look at like it. The, this, the, like
3: the skeleton melted yes. monster person. Yes, yeah, that, it totally it's a, fits. It's a great mix of hardcore. It's a great mix of punk, thrash. Uh, I don't know. I, crossover thrash. Like They mix so much stuff in here. And the musicianship of this band is incredible. The like, solos. The, the, the solos are incredible. The guitar player is incredible. Vocals. Incredible. The way this dude sings, I love it. I just love this band. I love that raspy. I absolutely I think this band this band should be huge. Like this, I they have it all. They have the whole package. Nice dudes, uh, amazing artwork. The band name is rad. Uh this music is rad. I i suggest we can we put a link up to their band camp so people can go. Oh, yeah,
2: we'll totally totally do
3: that. Yep. It's got that 80s uh look to it yep it's and it's weird because it's got like an 80s mixed with like newer style music though i think oh yeah like they do a good job mixing the styles to keep it still fresh you know and it
2: and i the because i'll I'll just give you i'll give you two tracks that really stand out to me okay okay yeah the track the track cut me loose Mm -hmm. and then the track hate your guts
3: oh yeah i like that one a lot hate your guts yeah
2: The first time I heard those two tracks, when I was listening, I listened through it the first time, and I always listen for things that catch my attention. It instantly reminded me of the band Integrity. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio hardcore. It just—I don't know what it was about it, but it just instantly reminded me of that. Gave me that same kind of just smack your mom kind of feel. Was 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 that like because it's like
3: like super driving?
2: Yes. yes super yeah. Super driving, super. And the, and the, the, intense the drums. vocals. Yes. Yeah. The vocals that make, make you feel like the singer is going to come through your, Yeah, you know, you know back in the exactly. day it would have been a CD player. It would have come through your CD <laughs> player and grab your throat and be like, ah, that's kind of what it felt like
3: to me. So there, there's this record that they had that came out in 2017 called full blast. And I absolutely, I, hmm. I like this new record, but that full blast record is my favorite. It's a seven inch. I have it. I have the actual seven inch the artwork is so good the artwork to the new one turned to dust is amazing because of the colors that they use I love that they take one color scheme and like this is like super it's super black and white uh 80s style uh like that I know like I know like metal and crossover and stuff like that use tons of colors like I get that but they do like both, like they use the vibrant colors with keeping it like old school punk looking too. Cause old school punk was very black and white. I, I, I went to Kinko's and put this on the copy machine or I, I went to my work when no one was there. I went in an hour early and stole a hundred copies for my seven inch, you know?
2: Can I tell you something? Kids today have no idea what we had to go through. Like seriously, (laughs) Kinko's just think about it. And if that's right, seriously, you can't, can you even be in hardcore? Today, if you've never been to Kinkos, anyway, so I'm sorry,
3: I should have never brought that up. <laughs> well, yeah, you can if you were born when Kinkos didn't exist. Um, but no, it's true. Like I remember in like the early 2000s when people started using like computers for more uh, graphic design stuff. I was like, uh-oh. I all I knew was copy and cut out and paste. Yep. Like that's how we made our flyers, and we got really good at them. And so actually, for a few years, I started. Doing these color flyers, but all by hand. I'll send you some of them. Whoa. They're actually pre- they're pretty rad. It kind of reminds me of these album covers a little bit. That's why I like them. But they take like that black and white old school like photocopied look, but add like one or two colors that are so vibrant that it just makes right. you look at it.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the full blast record right now, and it looks legit. It's it's sweet.
3: That's my favorite. It's yeah. my favorite one musically. It's my favorite too. Um, but, dude. I don't know how we're rating these things, but I give it five coffee beans if that's a thing.
2: Ooh, nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. Because I, I think it's a full package.
2: Okay. I'm what do you think? That. I'm going down with that? I, I'm down, but I'm, I think I might just because it and I haven't listened to their other stuff, but this one because the album's long, it's got like a ton of tracks. It is I, long. It kinda sometimes I kind of felt like it almost was repetitive.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the thing about hardcore punk. Um, yeah. is well, you're okay. You're right. I remember having this talk with Mike ProMutter. He, he was into two minute minor for a minute, but he also was in, he's also in crash dog head noise, but the band that we were talking about, they put out an album, uh, it was anti-world system. Okay. Yes. He just wanted to do EPs. He's like, look, our songs are very similar. They're very <laughs> fast. The drum beats are all the same. The guitar riffs are similar. Like, dude, let's put out five, six songs so people want more. And I remember some people in the band were like, no, 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 we want to put out, you know, a 10, 13 song album. So they put it out. And I felt the same thing about that record. Like when they put their demo out, it was four or five songs. And I was like, dude, this is so (laughs) good. It makes you want more. Right. But when they put their full length out, I was like. I,
2: "I, You know, I had the same thoughts about that album too when they put out the full length. I was like, yeah, after a while. But I will say this um uh, you said five i'm gonna yeah. say 4.8 okay coffee beans so it's not that far apart
3: just because you felt like you got a little just, a li- just like just just a little just i mean just, i don't
2: want to get beat up by these guys if i ever run into
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think but they're no. too nice and i don't think they take themselves that seriously um, um, but, which but, no, but they're like, amazing musicians oh yeah
2: amazing amazing
3: yes yeah when i talked to the dude i i could sense that they have a pretty good sense of humor. Nice. Um, but no, I do hear that because the reason I really like full blast is uh, it's, it's shorter, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's, I think it's like eight or nine tracks and it's, uh, but all the songs are really short. Cause it's on a seven inch, you know, two minute minor does that. Like we put out, so I think one album, we had like 12 songs on a seven inch. You can only put 15 minutes worth of music on a seven inch.
2: Wow. So is that the all first of, one,
3: no, the first one was only eight songs. Only eight songs. Um, but I feel that same way too. Like we had sat down and talked about doing a full length record one time, which is going to be an actual half hour. And Bob and I were like, "Are people even going to listen to this whole thing? Like, don't people only listen to like your first three songs? <laughs> <laughs> like nowadays." Right. But I digress. Um, okay, so the next one is uh, Battle Royale. The guys who. So awesomely did our theme song. Um, Mike, we're going back to Mike because Mike works with me. Mike is a good friend. Uh, we used to do Bible study together, and he's actually the best man in my wedding in October. Oh, nice! And he is the pickiest person I have ever met musically, which is not a bad thing, but it is a bad thing when your work area because we make screens for T-shirts. Uh, we actually were the ones who burned them and make the screens. We're back there together and we have a cassette tape player and we yeah. have cassettes.
2: Nice.
3: So luckily we have a a good array of cassettes that we both agree on. Um, but the battle Royale is one of these cassettes. Um, Cause remember we talked about, we, we made 25 tapes for these bands and they were one of them. Right. Um, to just try to help out the scene during quarantine when people didn't have money. And because I wanted their album on, on tape, I own it on vinyl. I, you know what? I'm gonna send. I have two of them. I'm gonna send you one of their vinyls.
2: Shut the front door.
3: I'm doing it. I'm sending it to you. <laughs> you're you're getting one. Nice. I'm sending it to you. Um, I'm gonna send it to you with your present that I talked about. Ooh. So get
2: all kinds of things.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still got to order the coffee for us for the next. Oh yeah. Coffee and hardcore. I forgot to do that, but I will do that. Um. I'll make myself a note. So Battle Royale, Chicago, played with them a handful of times. Dudes are awesome. Uh, They came from this band called Crime Spree. The guitar player did, I think, the drummer also, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And that band was also super awesome. Um, They have a different singer now, which – I love Crime Spree's vocals because I love that gritty dirty vocals, but right. I really love Battle Royale's I'd have to say just a little bit more because it's just got that little bit more energy and a little bit more oomph and it sounds like uh it sounds like old school hardcore, but it's a little it's his voice is super unique to me. Right. Yes, yes. Um and this is a record out of these three that we're reviewing that I listened to the most we put because Mike and I can agree on this record. Mike is like, I put this on and he was blown away. And he said, these guys are amazing. This is, he's like, this is new music. I'm like, yeah, dude, it came out last year. He's like, I can't believe it. This is the best new music I've ever heard. And for Mike to say that you guys are doing something good.
2: Well, this is what I like about it. One it's just straight up. There's no, there's no like fluff. This none is just, it's just like this is who we are yes Dang, deal with it because i'm gonna punch you in the face so it's just like yeah straight, just straight up hardcore and then um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude it oh, kicks your
3: teeth out when you listen to yes.
2: it. yes and then on top of it the name battle royale like you feel like you're gonna get in a fight to begin with yeah. and then it, to me it just rem- when i listened to it it was like going to a show in a city that i've never been before and a local band got up and played, and totally blow you blows you away. And you're like, yeah. I, got, I have to go buy that record like right now. I'm not even gonna stay and watch the next band play. I'm gonna go buy their record or go home and listen to it. Right? I don't care if my band's playing next. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm not setting up. I'm gonna go buy a freaking record. And How then, can I go on after like, them? Right. right. <laughs>
3: But, um, no. Well, speaking of, this, this album is 18 tracks. Okay. And, and we were just, <laughs> and we were just kind of talking shit about the last band for having, right. like what 12 or 13 tracks. Right. But, but, <laughs> but most of these songs are like, I don't know, 27 seconds, a minute, six, 44 right. seconds, a minute, 46, right. 56 seconds, a minute, 10, 44 seconds. Like, but it, doesn't feel like those songs are so short because it feels like you you it feels like you're getting kicked so hard in the face (laughs) that when the song finally stops you can breathe for a second until you start getting kicked in the face again right right. it's perfect it is and 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 jim the guitar player sent me tracks to two uh eps that they have that they're that they have done but they haven't put out yet he sends me he sends me all this new music (laughs) <laughs> it's i'm telling you it makes me want to quit doing music because it's so good i'm not even i'm not just trying to be nice i'm like ah, why are you guys so good right and that's and that's why i reached out to them to do coffee and hardcore because i don't know man this band is better than most big hardcore bands yeah i agree with that like yeah. and they stay true to to that 80s hardcore style yeah, yeah. and sound and grit but it's like professional okay it sounds like they put out a professional album in the 80s yes
2: that's That's what it sounds like
3: it has that feel to it
2: and and i'm all about picking tracks but the two tracks that that stuck out stuck out to me was tomorrow never comes Mm -hmm. Uh, second song yeah the last part of that song just like and the way it ends is just like okay we did all this now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kick you like (laughs) 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 <laughs> and, and then yeah. the and then for some reason just because Herbstung. everything well everything that's happening right now the song politicians was <laughs> yeah for no, me it just going to stood a, out
3: that's a great message basically yeah. calling out all the yep. bullshit all the yeah. politicians do yeah um that is a great site that's a great site a great song excuse yeah. me and i love that they have south side pride um my lady's from the south side so i i really only knew the north side until her and I started dating and now I go to the South side and visit her parents and her brother. I was like, this is Chicago. Like I remember we went to like this bodega place, but the whole band, the whole two minute minor, we're doing the up the pups uh, benefit show where we raise money for the, for the, for the shelter, the dog shelter. And (laughs) it was insane because we were all sitting like at this bodega place, but you could order food and I remember I got up to, to go get a, um, a Topo Chico and this police officer was, was standing right by it. And he goes, Oh, excuse me, sir. And moved out of my way. And I was like, what, what universe are we in? We're a cop just called me, sir. <laughs> like, what is this South side you speak of? Like, and just everyone was so nice. We were walking down the street. This gentleman was like, was like, uh, paving the street and he moved out of our way so we could walk by. I'm like, this would never happen on the North side. We're a bunch of (laughs) a-holes like.
0: Well,
3: this next record is from a band called uh, Worse Self. And this one is called Everyone Is Replaceable. And this also came out in 2019. All three of these records came out in 2019. And they are all the newest releases from these bands. Um, And Worse Self is a band that I know because they were in a band called Brothers from Michigan. And Brothers was one of my favorite hardcore bands uh, in the mid-2000s. And we played with them a couple times. Joel, who plays bass and sings in Worse Self, was the singer of Brothers, and he also played bass in Comeback Kid. Oh. um, and Joel actually recorded six albums that I've done in my lifetime at his studio, Studio Odie and the Odie brothers, the guitar player and bass player are twins, the twin brothers. I, I, I went to, I, I went that. to, I went to high school with them. So anyways, this band is phenomenal. Brothers was more of like a positive, uh, Kind of hardcore band. This band is the opposite of that, <laughs> <laughs> which I love because I'm all about positive hardcore. I'm in a positive hardcore band, but Slapshot is one of my favorite bands, and they are the opposite of positive, and I'm okay with it. Um, I love aggression. I love negativity at times when it's used <laughs> when, when it's used correctly. It can right. be used correctly. It can. It can. And I and I think they use their negativity and their anger and their frustrations um properly on this record what are your thoughts
2: this and this is what i'm gonna say about this album if i was a young warthog a young kid again Mm -hmm. this would be if this band played live i would be in the pit killing people okay that's that's where i am with this but no, there is no, but it is <laughs> seriously the most, um, out of, out of these three, as far as emotion goes, this is the most, this one stirred up the most emotions in me when I listened to it. Oh, for sure. And the, the song I failed you when he says one last kiss goodbye,
3: mm-hmm.
2: oh, just the, uh, the uh, violence probably isn't the right word, but the, the emotion that, they're not in a whole. It was like this sad anger. You could feel it coming out, and you're like, "Holy,
3: crap. yeah!" You could tell that this record was therapeutic, 100. Yes. percent. Yeah, um, and and because it's it's uh because it's real, and because you can tell that it's legit, and not not being played. Like, not he's not he's not faking his emotions here. This is like real right. life. This is real life. Yeah. Like this could right. come. This stuff could come out of a diary. Yes. Like uh you you hear that and you feel it and it makes you that more connected to this record. You went too
1: far! I don't know the line I fucking cross it Try and stop that playmat I'll burn down that great
2: Like Do you agree f- with that? I totally agree. Like the first two albums we we talked about which were both really good and they both um are fun. Right? Mm-hmm. Fun and 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 powerful, but this one the worst self album. And I cuz when you sent this one to me I was like, "Oh yeah." Like cuz I had already been listening to that album a whole lot. I hadn't heard Skullcracker Battle Royale. Oh, you have was- been listening to No, no, no. But oh. I had been listening to Worst Self, but I hadn't been listening to Skullcracker, Battle Royal, so that was a treat. That was like, yeah, something new. But Worst yeah, yeah. Self, I had been listening to for a while now, probably since that album first came out, and I was, and so it it was already hitting me in the feels So to go back and listen to it again was. How just, did you hear about this album? Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of the guys from Bitter Truth
3: mm-hmm.
2: posted it in uh, their Instagram feed or whatever, and I'm like, I got to check that out, and it was right when it came out. And so I started, I just downloaded the album and I was like, holy cow, this is ridiculous. Like
3: just the, I, I bought three of these vinyl cause they came out with three different kind. That's right. And they had yeah. a, they had a
2: sweet shirt too. I totally missed out on
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> they were making, they're making hats though. And I told them when they make them that I better be the first person they tell. <laughs> uh, but they came out with this album called Liars and, uh, and, I think 2017 let me make sure so I'm not yes 2017 and this this first record has got a UFO on the front and I have that on tape and we listen to that in uh the room also it's a little too like like uh, heavy for Mike so he's not like the biggest fan of it but dude when I put on flyers because I have that on tape and so I listen to that a lot at work and I have the other one on, on three vinyls, but when I listen to that, that first Liars record, oh my gosh, it's just, have you heard that one yet? No, I haven't heard that one yet. I need to- Oh, need it's to that one. so heavy in all the right ways. Heavy and slower, but still steady like a train. Nice. It's, dude, it's a great record. I think, and I think Everyone's Replaceable is a beautiful follow-up record for sure.
2: Oh wait a second. And, I'm looking at the album cover and, and I have listened to that before it is really good because I really yeah. like the song I really like the song uh balance off that album. So yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's killing. So what we're gonna do on uh, coffee hardcore, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh we're gonna put links or excuse me, Mick's gonna put links to all these band camps yes. um to go support them. We're gonna put a link to Marshall's um to Marshall's coffee. Uh, company that they're raising money for the adoption um, and any other links we'll post a link to the two-minute minor uh, how to get that one inch and how to raise some money for suicide prevention nice. we're gonna put a link we're also gonna put a link into getting the new Zeo record that that make is on you can get it on, on CD cassette tape or vinyl yep so nice. that's it for coffee and hardcore for this month We will see you next month and we have some guests lined up and I will be listening to mix three choices. So see ya.
2: Hey, this is Jim Chaffin from the crucified, the blamed face down. You're talking hardcore, talking coffee. You're talking coffee and hardcore with Mick Cox and Wiley Willis. All right. As promised, here are the two theme songs that Battle Royale recorded. And you guys tell us, do we make the right decision in picking our theme song? Uh, You guys choose. um, Send us a message. Let us know. Thank you guys once again for hanging out with us. This is Coffee and Hardcore. Coffee and coffee and coffee and Do it We got the combo, we got the juice We got the joke, we got the We got the gold you out the bottom. If you like the back, you let us <laughs> them Coffee and coffee and hardcore, coffee and